And welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. Tonight we have Nick Holt. Nick Holt runs Nick Holt Fitness. Nick and I met when I was living in Costa Rica. I lived in Costa Rica for half of the year in 2012. And it was about a month before I left Costa Rica that Nick uh, sent me a little Facebook message and said, Hey, I'm not sure how we became friends, but um, you do what I do and I do what you do. And really, I think I had just done like some kind of Google search for <laughs> Tamarindo Costa Rica Fitness. And um, so anyway, we connected that way and then finally met in this little tiny town that we both lived in. But um, it was so cool to finally sit down with Nick and talk to him about how he ended up in Costa Rica, which is going to be the very first thing I ask him about. But um, Nick has a very impressive fitness background, um, a fitness story. I've learned a lot from Nick, and I'm going to put some pictures in here, too, of when I went to Costa Rica in 2013 and did some stand-up paddle and surf fitness with Nick and Julie. So some of you may have seen those pictures on my social media. Nick is that um, super hot uh, surf instructor that you see in all those pictures. So welcome, Nick. Hey, yeah, thanks. Trying um, not to blush too much over here, but thank you <laughs> for those kind words. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, looking forward to chatting and um, yeah, and getting into my story and, and talking about stuff. So super awesome. excited. Great. Well, so let's go ahead and start... Um, Let's start with your story and how you went from New York to California to Costa Rica, and what is Nick Holt Fitness? Sure. So, yeah, I grew up um, outside New York City, and, you know, the beach was never really a, a huge part of my childhood, but, you know, summers we'd go to Long Island or up in the Cape. Um, you know, as a kid, you just you love everything about the beach, and it wasn't really till I, in college I got recruited to play basketball and I went to, to Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, so not too far from, from you. Uh, we're in Charleston. Yeah. And uh, actually, we spent some good time good times in Charleston. So I have some fond memories of uh, Folly Beach and oh, that's awesome. And all that that Charles, Charleston has to offer. But um, <laughs> yeah, I got into this program uh, my junior year, and I spent a broad, six months abroad in Australia, and I. You know, had this experience of surfing in you know in, in this place called Byron Bay, um, which is not far from Brisbane, which is where I was studying, and just fell in love with the the whole culture of surfing and this this sport that was you know put you in the water and was just super difficult and was was challenging every single fiber of my body and and just really fell in love with it. And it wasn't until about after I graduated college, I moved back and lived in Australia for a year. Or so. Um, I was able to sort of experience uh, everything that the surf culture had to offer. Um, so I took kind of the long route from New York to Australia, um, ended up in California after a few years working in sort of the corporate world after my trip to Australia. And, you know, I, I worked in the finance world for about five or six years, and I just realized I was, I was getting a little overweight, I was tired, I was in pain, and, and I sort of I started questioning some things. And really getting back to my roots with fitness and being an athlete, um, you know, I got back into training and I started using some of my analytical skills and, and got a bunch of personal training certs and, and was just really getting into training and helping my own sort of fitness, but also helping some friends and family. And it just so happened that I got connected with a guy named Joe Walsh who had a surf camp in Costa Rica and they were looking to work on all these projects and my skill set seemed to match what they were looking for. And Joe was in San Diego. So I flew down and met Joe, um, who started Witches Rock Surf Camp, which we you've been there, right, Steph? It's, uh, I have. So, so when I went there the first time, literally the surf instructors were sleeping in hammocks in an old school bus. <laughs> and when yeah, I went back, that, it was a whole entire establishment. <laughs> yeah, Joe, I mean, you think surf camp, Costa Rica, I think for a lot of listeners, it's like, oh, it's a little hot on the beach. And it did start that way. Joe's got a great story. Yeah. But it turned out he's got this awesome business and he brings people down and, you know, they, they teach people to surf and it's, it's just an amazing experience. So I sort of thought about this, this reality, this fantasy of working for a surf camp in Costa Rica. And, uh, so I took a little time off. I took a vacation, went down, visited Joe and, and realized it was a legit business and there's all these opportunities. And it was one of these things where I just felt sort of called to, to, to move to the beach. And I've always had this sort of latent desire to live in a foreign country and just seemed like the, the perfect sort of opportunity. So um, 
Yeah, I just went for it and uh, worked for the surf camp for a few years, developed some surf fitness programs, and then, and then sort of developed Nick Holt Fitness um, out of that. Uh, actually, Julie, my girlfriend, who, who we have a business, Saltwater Fit, now together, um, she was sort of the inspiration and the genesis of Nick Holt Fitness. It was a group of girls. Um, we did a bunch of boot camps on the beach, and that's how sort of Nick Holt Fitness was, was started. So it's kind of part love story, part part fitness story. <laughs> Either way, it's, <laughs> you two are it's, so cute uh, together. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's cool. Yeah, I get to um, you know I was able to get on TripAdvisor, and and now I have a, a solid um, group of local locals that I train on the beach, and a bunch of tourists that come down to Costa Rica to. You know, they either they want to keep up with their fitness regiment, uh, their training for some kind of event, or they just want to go back and you know get a little little fitter on vacation. I think there's a huge trend of people, you know, wanting to do something fun on vacation and and kind of sick and tired of just sort of sitting by the pool. So, yeah, absolutely. I, well, there's so many memories that you get from that experiences. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, and learning a skill, especially something like surfing, where you're you know, the whole nature of surfing is you're active and you're, 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 you know, just burning a lot of calories so you can sort of eat and drink. You don't have to worry about that stuff. And, um, it's, it's super exciting. Yeah. 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 And it's funny you mentioned that because when I was down there, um, in 2013 and we did, we did a photo shoot, we went, we did tons and tons of stuff. I came back from my vacation in better shape than I think I got there. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fascinating concept, right? People think like, "Oh, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to come back, and I got to work all this, this weight off." But um, it, it really goes to show if you, you know, not that you have to go on a surf trip vacation, but just something more active. I think vacation can be something where you come back sort of recharged and, and revitalized, kind of like how you you experienced it. And that was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I just love your whole philosophy on fitness. Um, you know, that you are not a slave to your body, your body is there to help you enjoy experiences in life. So same with Julie, um, which we're going to interview too. I can't wait because both of you together are just super dynamite. It's uh, it's, it couldn't be a better combination, um, just as a couple and as, as fitness goes. I mean, you guys are your your clients locally are super lucky to work with you and um and your online presence too. That's I love your message. It's just so much fun. A lot of the listeners may know exactly who I'm talking to because we um we share a lot of stuff together. Yeah, no, I think it's and I love your message too. And I think it's so important that that you know we sort of band together because there's so much, you know, misinformation out there and, and, and so much sort of unfortunately, you know, monetarily driven incentives that companies have. And so it's really hard to, to sort of weed through all that stuff. So, I, you know, I love what you're doing. And, and we're just trying to, to spread that message that, you know, fitness, it should be fun. It, 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 it has to be, you know, it shouldn't be this, this chore, or this yeah. <laughs> you know, thing that you have to do. Um, yeah, you get Which, to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get to do this. Setting up your lifestyle around those things that you do. And it doesn't have to be that complicated, you know. It can be, not that it's easy, but it can. Be, there can be little simple things that you can do. And I'm sure we'll get into some of that stuff. Definitely. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, I want to go ahead and um, just ask you to, to talk a little bit more about your fun surf adventures. Um, it's really, really cool that you have surfed in places like Peru and Indonesia. I love looking at your pictures. Um, let's just talk a little bit more about those and how you chose them and maybe some considerations on like things that we wouldn't really think of. Like Peru, for example, I remember reading something in your blog about how um, you were out and your leash snapped on your board. So things like that. Yeah, I think um, I think surfers generally have, have sort of blazed a path as far as adventure travel goes because <laughs> I think for, you know, surfing the ultimate experience is surfing waves where you don't, you know, it's not that crowded. And, and for, unfortunately, in, in today's sort of global world, it's a lot of pe- more people are surfing. So you have to travel to, you know, more extreme remote areas. <laughs> Um, and so it sort of breeds this sort of adventure travel, which, which I've just sort of fallen in love with experiencing cultures and, um, Peru was, was, was really an unbelievable experience. Indonesia, if, if, if you haven't, if you get a chance to go to Indonesia, um, it's, you know, Bali, I think gets a lot of the, um, 
sort of notoriety and the publicity in, in today's, so you hear of Indonesia and you think of Bali, but Indonesia is so vast and there's so many little islands um, to explore. And that part of the world, you know, the water's warm, the, the, the conditions are, are good. And, and so it's a really, really special place to go to. Um, my other favorites would probably be New Zealand or Australia. I mean, that's, those are, are relatively remote um, for us over here on the, you know, this part of the world. Um, and it just, I, I think anyone planning a sort of adventure travel, just, you know, you have to do a little bit of homework. Some, some of these places might not have the sort of amenities or modern sort of uh, luxuries that we, we come accustomed to here or, or living in the States or North America. Um, so it, it requires doing a little bit of homework and, and sort of getting outside your, your comfort zone a little bit. Um, but, but, but I swear the, the reward is, is well worth that risk. Um, to have some of these experiences and, and, and just meeting the people and some of these cultures and they're just so, just so friendly and giving and, and welcoming. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, like I said, I, I've really enjoyed looking at your pictures and yeah, hearing right. about your experiences. Um, and you know, it's really cool too, to sit down and talk to you and, um, you know, you had a lot of the same, the same fears, a lot of, um, a lot of people have, and a lot of listeners are probably having, um, as far as, you know, you had, you had a financial job in the United States and you kind of, you know, you, you took the leap and started working in a, um, you know, a surf camp in Costa Rica. And then, you know, you, you did a little more research and then you were able to go on these surf adventures. So I just, I think that's really cool that you guys, you know, it's not, it's not just for people who are, you know, living on the edge, like you were living just your, you know, you did your normal, your normal path. You went to cool, you went to school, you got a good job and you were like, no, something's just, you know, I gotta, I gotta have some more. So I think it's really cool that you guys both, um, just took, you know, you took that leap and it was a leap of faith and, you know, not everything works out, but you kind of have to roll with the punches, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I found that, some of the most powerful stuff, even before the trip, was you know sort of making that list of okay, what's the what's the worst thing that could happen? What's like you know, if everything went wrong, what 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 does that look like? And you know, when you do those exercises, you realize that it's not that that downside isn't really that terrible, and the, the, more importantly, the chances of some, of that happening like they're pretty low. So it's you know, and I think it's also a confidence with that you have as you get maybe more mature or older that, you know, the more confidence you have in yourself, I think the more those risks get, get sort of mitigated and that, you know, you can, if you've been in those experiences before, you can kind of figure out how to, how to make it work. And, 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 and you know, cause you've been there before. Um, and just having that sort of that little bit more confidence in yourself, I think goes, goes a long way. Yeah. That's uh, that. What a great point. That's you're absolutely right, and everything just builds on each other. Yeah, and I think I think for me, and I think probably for you as well. Like, I think if we're, I think we're conditioned to sort of okay, if you don't, you know, you get the good job, and then, you know, you're not really a expert, and until so you go, you know, you get a master's degree or whatnot. But I think there's all this sort of life skills that happen sort of outside the classroom and outside the, you know, the walls of of higher education that that are are even more valuable. Um, you know, yeah. stuff like, you know, <laughs> failing and, 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 you know, rejection and, and dealing with that stuff. And, um, you know, almost tying that back to surfing, it, that's what I love about surfing is because you're always falling, you're always getting rejected, <laughs> you're always, you know, dealing with failure from a, a, a physical standpoint. So it's a good sort of metaphor for I life. I love that. Yeah. 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 Especially for the, the entrepreneurs listening or the want to be entrepreneurs. Um, you know, a lot of people I think watch from the outside and that's what I love about entrepreneurs. Like we, you know, we, we just, we fail forward now, yeah. you know, things happen and you brush it off and you keep moving on. And, um, you know, it's, I, I, I love that about be like working with entrepreneurs, but, um, a lot of listeners I think look from the outside and they're like, Oh, you know, like it must be nice just to have this and that and everything works out. And, you know, it, it doesn't always work out. <laughs> like sometimes your leash breaks when you're in the middle of a really big <laughs> wave exactly. off the coast of Peru. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's when you want, um, you know, to, to have some, some good fitness and some yeah. good preparation. Um, you know, cause I, yeah, I think the perception, I think a lot of times is, is, is off, especially with some of these big wave surfers, you know, they think that, I mean, these guys are, in, you know, you say, Oh, these guys are insane. They're reckless. They're, they're fearless. And, 
if if you talk to these guys and you you know listen to some of their interviews, they're actually they aren't fearless. They have tons of fear. They just have prepared and they have a certain level of preparation that that you know suits them. And, and they've sort of been in those situations. They've trained for those situations where you know if your leash does break, you kind of you know what to do because you've trained for it. So I think that's huge. And and I, I think that perception uh, that that surfing or even big wave surfing is reckless is kind of off the mark because some of these guys are you know the fittest guys in the in the world. You look at someone like Laird Hamilton. Um, I'm not sure if 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 you know who he is. Yes, um, I do. <laughs> but he, he's the just listeners a, you know, might know his wife a little better, Gabby Reese. But. Yeah, I mean, talk about a power couple. They're they're you know Laird's probably almost fifty or or something like that, and he's just yeah. in. He is just a specimen physically and 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 he and mentally too, you know. So it's it's so much mental as well. Yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Well, we're gonna take just one really quick break, and then I'm gonna come back and talk about some more surfing and its parallels to life. You've heard me talk a lot about learning how to reach your fitness goals, and more frequently, how to look as fit as you feel while learning to stop chasing skinny. And you've also thought to yourselves, yeah, I do want to reach my fitness goals in a shorter, more concise way, to stop wasting my time bouncing back and forth from fitness tip to fitness tip in magazines, wasting hours researching the latest and greatest diet, only to end up looking and feeling the same way you've been looking and feeling for years. And my guess is that you've been thinking about this for a long time, am I right? I know the feeling because I played these games too. For a very long time, in fact. I'm here to tell you this. Stop thinking and sign up for the SK Fit Life Challenge, an online training, nutrition, and coaching program that will lead you through 12 weeks of step-by-step guidance to help you finally reach your goals of looking fabulous and feeling fabulous. You're going to get to free up all the headspace you've been wasting, picking through random diet information being fed to you through the media and simplifying the seemingly complicated world of health. Your chances now. Do you really need more time, more information, more plans for the future? Or do you want to become that fit person today? Because the truth is this. You can be that fit person, or you can be the person that sits around thinking about becoming fitter. It's your choice. Read more magazines, blog posts, and bits and pieces on social media, or take action. Because let's face it, if you're not where you want to be, your current program is not working out for you. I want you to be successful. And why is this? Because you've already got what it takes. You've been doing the work all along. It's just been the wrong work. You have the desire, the discipline, and the potential. Now let's get you on the right track so those efforts you are already putting in can take you in the best direction possible. Join me and the hundreds of other SK Fit Life clients for the 12-week online fitness challenge at skfitlife.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. Uh, Nick Holt is, well, you're the only real surf, well, no, I've had a couple surf instructors. You're the only surf fitness instructor I have ever um, gotten to work with. And we've done a lot of fun surf fitness stuff. And so for listeners, too, that maybe they're not planning on going on a surf trip, or maybe someday they are, but they don't do, um, you know, surfing on a regular basis, I want to kind of get into training and how surf fitness can help you in regular life, too. Uh, so some of the things we did, it was a lot of work on core and balance. Um, how can how can surf fitness help in life? So yeah, I think there there ton there's lots of uh, you know parts of surf fitness and they can they help people who aren't surfers. I think you know surfing is so dynamic. You need balance. You need strength. You need agility. And you need flexibility and mobility. Um, so I think all those those sort of components of surfing can help. Um, you know, someone who's training for a marathon or even just a 5K or someone who's just trying to look to get stronger in the gym or even someone who's trying to just, you know, lose a little bit of weight. I think that, that surfing sort of hits each of those sort of components of, of fitness. And, um, you know, some of the stuff we were doing, we're doing a lot of balance stuff. I think, you know, the, the more balance you have, I think you move better through life. You get injured less. You're, you're sort of pain-free more often. So I think there's a lot of, of sort of takeaways people can get from sort of training like a surfer, just, just focusing on, 
on, on key elements of fitness, um, you know, balance and then strength and then some flexibility and mobility stuff. So I think there's some, there's some real uh, parallels to, to non-surfers, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, even, even like things like carrying your groceries and playing with your kids and things like that, um, I think that that's kind of what comes to my mind too with having such great functional strength. And then it's really cool if you're on vacation and you happen to be able to go surfing or stand up paneling even um, and then just have those skills and just jump out there and be able to do it, right? Yeah, I think it opens up, I think it sort of opens up your world to, um, to experience a lot more, a lot more things. I think, um, you know, training, you know, because surfing is so dynamic, again, you need sort of the, the strength and the endurance component and you need the flexibility. Um, it, it sort of allows you, if you wanted to go on a hike, if you wanted to go stand up paddleboarding, if you wanted to play beach volleyball, I think a lot of those skills that you need in surfing are, are very transferable to, to everyday life. Um, you know, and, and strength is something that, that I think is, is a huge uh, benefit to, to anything, from carrying your groceries to your luggage. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not uh, afraid of, you know, lifting heavy weights to, to sort of build that strength up. So I think, um, you know, while the functional sort of balance stuff I think is helpful for surfing, I think you also have to, to focus on, on getting stronger, which I think I think everybody could could benefit from being a little bit stronger. I don't think there's much downside there. <laughs> nope, nope. I think you're absolutely right. So what are some of your favorite um, surf fit, fitness exercises? You offer a lot on your website, which we'll put that in the show notes too. But um, and, and you and I have done some videos together. That was really fun. Um, yeah, was, so what, what are your time. favorite ones? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the, the most obvious one that comes to me is, is the surfer pop-up, which um, – you know, for anyone who's done any burpees out there, uh, we, you know, I think all fitness professionals or even people who've been to boot camps have a sort of a love-hate relationship with burpees. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> and for those that don't know, burpee, you know, just a, a push-up, and then you get into sort of a, a squat, and then you can add a sort of jump to the top. So it's you know, the, the only difference between a burpee and a surfer pop-up essentially is your you're sort of popping up instead of into sort of a, a front squat, you're, you're sort of popping up into sort of a surfer stance, so one foot in front of the other. Um, and again, you know, we're talking full body. You can, depending on how many you do, you can use it for anaerobic conditioning um, or, you know, you can, you can add some, uh, some difficulty with some balance elements to make it a little bit more challenge, challenging for your core. So I love the surfer pop-up uh, as sort of a, a full body um, move that hits sort of, you know, chest, triceps, it gets your legs a little bit. Um, and it, it's, it's a great sort of functional move. The other one that I can think of is, uh, is the TRX, uh, squat rotation. I'm not sure. I think we did a few of those on the TRX where you're, you're essentially using one of the straps on the TRX and your, your listeners are probably familiar with, with the TRX. Yep. Um, those are sort of blown up all over the States now at most gyms, I think have them. Uh, you're basically doing a squat with a rotation, so you're almost kind of leaning back into a squat as you sort of open up your hand that's off the T-Rex, and then you stand up tall. So it's sort of a full body, and it's getting a little bit of rotation, rotational squatting, which is really important for surfing. So, And again, you know, transferable to everyday life. I think yeah. squatting is a is a a long lost skill that we've lost here in the Western world. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and like you were talking about before, it requires some flexibility. So if you don't have good flexibility, you're going to have trouble doing some of these movements. So, you know, some kind, it's kind of a test even, right? So you can, oh, I couldn't do that. So maybe I need to work on my flexibility. Yeah. I, f I forget where I read it, but there was some, um, I think it was a Brazilian study that, that said, uh, you know, you if you can get up, and, and get up and down off the ground without using your hands. And, and I say this, and I'm like, oh, that's easy, right? If you try it, it's actually pretty hard. You know to, I'm going to try it right after this <laughs> recording. Okay, now everyone in their car is like pulling over. And I know. Don't do this while driving. But, no, try it um, Yeah, like a simple get up and stand up test where you – I think they did the study with uh, elderly and the elderly um, population, but they there was like a uh, – a huge correlation between people who can get up and down off the ground without the, using their hands and longevity. So if you have wow. to to use your hands and you can't really sit down and stand up, um, it, it, it could be, you know, a sign that, that something is 
is off and it could lead towards some of our sort of modern diseases. Um, it was a, it was a fascinating study. I'll try and find the find a link and send it to you. Yeah, great. We'll um, put that in the show notes too. But until then, listener, try to do that. I'm totally going to do it as soon as I'm finished with recording this. <laughs> yeah, or even even simple, more simply, just to try and um, you know sit down into a squat and, and and maintain good good sort of spinal sort of alignment and posture. Yeah. Um, it getting into a good squat takes a lot of hip mobility. It takes good upper back like thoracic mobility. Um, so it's a really good test to just see how you're, you know, if you're sitting a lot, people who have desk jobs and I had to work on this a ton through foam rolling and soft tissue work and, and, and just, just allocating a lot of time and effort to, to getting into a better squatting position. And, and my squat is, is, you know, being a taller guy at almost six, two, six, three, it's, it's a little bit harder when you have longer limbs, but, um, it's still no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah, it's more of a challenge, right? It's. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's, thank you for sharing that because a lot of people think that fitness professionals don't have the problems that non-fitness professionals have, but we, we really do. Yeah, we are human and, and especially something, uh, I think people who have done maybe gymnastics or had sort of a childhood of, of doing, um, those type of just, or maybe some, uh, uh karate or, or some kind of martial arts, I think are better positioned to having more mobility, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of it's genetics too, right? I mean, you can do a quick test and just just straighten out your arm, and if you're, you know, you, you know those people who straighten out their arm and they're they're fully sort of like over hyper extended, um, and those people generally have you know more sort of joint laxity, so they can they have more mobility. So it, a lot of it is genetics, but again, it's it's conditioning, and it's if you one of those things where if you don't use it, you kind of lose it. So I. You know, for me, sitting a lot, and I think for a lot of my coworkers and peers out there, uh, even in the fitness world, it's still something, especially as you get older, that you you need to prioritize. Yeah, <laughs> you need absolutely. To, you need to work on. I think it's uh, it's not really sexy, and it's not it doesn't get a lot of uh, you know cover time working on uh, mobility or flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's such a great point. And I say that too sometimes when I'm talking about recovery. Like you're not going to find in a magazine – like it's really hard. Just like it's harder for a store to sell sexy broccoli. It's much easier to sell something packaged that you have nice marketing. The same thing goes for selling exercises. I mean, you know, it's much easier for a magazine to sell some kind of workout program where you're doing something versus mobility where you kind of need, you you might need more videos and things like that in recovery, right? Like recovery, how do you sell that? (laughs) Yeah, it's a tough one. And and it also gets into that sort of, our our sort of desire for this instant gratification. And, and, you know, with, you know, for for me and my mobility journey just with squatting, it it took months and months and months. And I think um, it, it just, I think our, sort of were conditioned for like, okay, I want it now. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to yeah. me now. And if if I don't see results in a week, it's like, all right, on to the next one. Yes. And and I think that's that you really need to just just the just the key to just being patient and just working on it and, and just staying staying consistent uh above it. And, and and you know, you know that and and I, I love that message about you, just consistency. You know, we're not perfect. We're gonna, you know, mess up all the time, but it's just 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 trying to stay on track as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you brought up that, you know, it's, we want that instant gratification. If it's not super sexy, then we're like, eh, next. Um, but, you know, it's, it's building that foundation. If you don't have that strong foundation, then you don't get the next. <laughs> yeah, exactly get stuck. Right. So we're going to take a really quick break. And um, speaking of instant gratification, I want to bring up a topic that you and I have discussed before um, about how men and women lose body fat differently. So we'll be right back. Stop Chasing Skinny radio show. Tonight we have Nick Holt and he is talking to us about 
awesome stuff <laughs> about how he designed his life, lived in, lives in Costa Rica, um, how he does surf adventures, how surfing can keep you healthy for your whole entire life. Um, and now I want us to talk about something that we did a whole entire webinar on, um, which I can actually put in the show notes and link to that. But I kind of want to cover it for our listeners right now about why men can lose body fat faster than women sometimes. So share a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, for all the, the female listeners. It's not really fair, and and uh, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's it's just an. I mean, I think there are three main sort of factors that come into play as far as uh, the difference between men and women and body fat um, composition. I think the biggest thing is just you know biologically, physiologically, there's the way you know women are designed. We women have up to about twice as much sort of essential body fat. So. You know, just just from the get go, I think, and of course that has to do with sort of um, procreation and and sort of the way women are designed to sort of hold on to more body fat so that they can uh, reproduce and care for for a child. And so I think just that fact of having you know genetically having more body fat makes it more difficult. Um, the, the sort of female clients I've worked with, they, that. It's just a little bit harder for, for the body fat to sort of fall off. The body tends to kind of want to hold on to it more. Um, unfortunately, it's just the sort of uh, human reality. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> I think the other big, the other big factor is, is muscle mass. And I think men just, again, the way we're designed, we have a higher percentage of, of muscle. And, and sort of what that means, that sort of translates into a higher metabolism just because you know, muscle is a more metabolically active tissue. So, you know, that's why I say even for, for all my clients and, and, you know, my advice to everyone out there is, is to prioritize building muscle and, you know, the myth, and we talked about this sort of on, the, on that webinar, but the myth of getting bulky is just, is just not the case. You know, it's just not true. You got women don't have the same sort of hormonal profile that, that builds muscle that creates protein synthesis, which is, you know, the, the process of building muscle in the body. Um, but when you do have more muscle, you, you have a higher metabolism. And what that means is, you know, you can, you burn more calories. And we all know that the calories at the end of the day really matter as far as if you're trying to lose, lose body fat. So the more muscle mass you have, uh, you know, the better you're off as far as, as, as getting leaner. And uh, unfortunately, women just have, have lower amounts of, of, of muscle mass, uh, you know, genetically, just the by design, um, you know, those are the two that main, and then the third I would say would, would be more behavioral. I think in my experience, there's, I've found working with, with both men and women that there, there seems to be a little bit more, um, emotional eating and, and habits around diet and nutrition with, with women. I, I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a cultural thing or, or an emotional thing, but it just seems like I've, women tend to struggle a little bit more with, with some emotional eating um, that, that I don't have experienced much with, with some of my male clients. So, you know, none of these things are, you know, insurmountable. I mean, I think it just makes it a little bit harder for, for a woman to, to lose as much body fat as, as a male. But again, I think the, the biggest thing is just to not compare yourself. I mean, first of all, don't compare yourself to anyone. Compare yourself to yourself. Right. But, but most importantly, I think people get in the trap of comparing themselves to their boyfriend or spouse or, you know, significant other. And, and it's just not a, a fair comparison. It's not a, you know, we're just genetically wired and built differently. And so it's really just, it's, it's sort of setting yourself up for failure doing that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure you can you can talk <laughs> yeah. all about that. Um, no, I'm glad you brought up those points. Those are great points. And and yes, women, you know, we're designed to build babies, and sometimes that takes extra body fat, and our our um, hormonal levels are more sensitive to becoming too lean. Because think about that, you know, if your body fat gets too lean or too low then that starts to affect your your hormone levels because your body's like, well, you know, you're barely you're barely getting along here on a you know, you're you're kind of you're kind of too lean. Um so, you know, it's it, yeah, it it comes down to, to survival. Uh, yeah, like men do carry a lot more muscle because of higher testosterone levels. Um and the emotional yeah. eating part, that's 
that's huge. There's a really good book, if this sounds familiar to you, there's a good book called Women, Food, and God. And that really helps you kind of understand um, that emotional connection that we have with food. And we all have it to some degree, but you're right. Women, um, we are more emotional and um, we do we do have this other thing going on with food a lot of times that men don't have. Sure. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, to your point, I think we both sort of, it, it exists. I think it's just, uh, you know, on the, the, the extreme or the spectrum, it seems to be, in my experience, working with clients a little more pronounced with, with females. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, like guys are, you know, for the most part, guys, you give them a plan and you guys just take it and you do it. Um, whereas a lot of women, we we do it, but there's, there's just other, other things involved in it, which makes us women. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't change it. Um, but you're right. Just don't compare it with anybody else. Um, I I guess that's what it comes down to. And I know when we first, um, we first had the discussion, it was because I had a couple clients that were very upset and they kept saying, it is not fair. My husband changed two things in his diet and he immediately dropped 10 pounds. Well, those two things were that he decided to, um, give up the beer, which he was probably consuming about, I don't know, 10 beers a week, 10 times, maybe Mm -hmm. 200 calories. That's a couple thousand calories a week that were gone immediately. And he decided to have salad with grilled chicken instead of 3,500 calories worth of wings and fries. So you can see how, you know, he just changed a couple things that would add up to a couple pounds a week. Um, that's, that's how we brought it up in the first place. But then, you know, you brought up all these other factors in there, um, that we're talking about, about the differences. Um, so I want to jump over to some of the experiments that you've done on yourself based on the research you've done, because you're super scientific. I love that. Um, and you and Julie have done some things. And more recently, um, she shared some pictures of where she has gotten leaner because she decided to make some other changes. So what are some of the things that, that you do, that both of you do, that you've found are um, are really beneficial, that actually make a difference? Because some things that we do, eh, not so much. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Julie just shared an awesome, awesome experience, uh, you know, with, with her sort of journey to get a little bit leaner. And um, it wasn't some, you know, huge, drastic sort of change. It was just, I, I think the big thing uh, was, was tracking. And I think that's so vital uh, just from a, a awareness perspective on, you know, I think most people – think, oh, I eat pretty healthy. I, I get that all the time. Yeah, me too. And I said, okay, let's, let, let's see. Let, 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 what do we got here? Let's write it down. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden it's 20 drinks a week. It's, you know, uh, you know, four to six servings of fruits, which I'm not saying fruit's bad, but if you're trying to, That's a lot. <laughs> to you know, it, it can add up. But so little things, um, so for Julie, it was that the, the huge thing was just tracking and bringing that awareness. Um, she upped her activity level a little bit, and we focused on on some. Uh, we did some pull up training, which was which was super fun, just so so empowering, and to see her, you know, go from not doing a pull up to to now being able to crank out like four or five. That's um, awesome. And you know, again, it just took some focus and it took some tracking. Um, I think on the nutrition side, yeah, we we sort of. I like to consider myself like a human guinea pig, sort of like, you know, N equals one sort of experiment as much <laughs> as I can. So I, I've done a lot of stuff with intermittent fasting and carb backloading and low carb, high carb. And, um, you know, it, it sort of comes down to the, the biggest sort of lesson or thing that I've realized is that it's so individualized. I think what you know, what worked for me didn't really work for Julie and what works for Julie doesn't necessarily work for me. And it, 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 there's so much individualization that uh, I think I really encourage people to sort of, you know, I get asked all the time, oh, what's the best macronutrient breakdown or what's right. the best diet? Um, and I'm sure you get this all the time. And the, really the answer is it depends. It depends on your goals. It depends on where you're at. Um, if you're a so, man or a woman, things like intermittent fasting and carb cycling and things like that can really wreak havoc on a female's body because we need to have some some stability <laughs> because of procreation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, uh, I mean, just to touch on that uh, real quickly, I mean, intermittent fasting can be, 
and if people aren't familiar, that's just there's a different there's a few different sort of protocols, but the most popular one is sort of eating a, an earlier dinner and then sort of skipping breakfast. So you ha- and you eat in a sort of eight hour window. So you let's say, you know, eat at seven or eight p.m. and then you don't eat the next day until about noon, and you pretty much eat from noon to twelve uh, noon to eight p.m. So it's like you eat in an eight hour window and then you sort of fast for sixteen hours. And I found that for men that can work quite well. Um, you need a high level of discipline, though. You need to be quite disciplined with your eating. I certainly don't recommend that uh, for people with a lot of weight to lose because it, it can encourage overeating, yeah. um, and especially for women, like, like just to the point that you made. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem to work as well, um, in my experience, for women. Um, but yeah, and like you said, I've, it's an advanced yeah. move. Like you have to have some basics. You have to have the fundamentals exactly. down. Yeah. It's like, um, I mean, it's no different than, you know, doing a sort of a Lance advanced Olympic lift. Uh, you know, if, if you can't, you know, squat properly with, with your body weight, um, then you have no business, (laughs) you know, putting 200 pounds, you know, even 50 pounds on a barbell. I think it's sort of, uh, I think a great tool for someone who has sort of a good foundation of nutrition habits, um, but I, I don't necessarily recommend that for most most people. Um, the big thing I've been experimenting with is is HRV and, and sort of uh, heart rate variability, which is kind of a cool um, new technology that basically re- uh, measures your ability to to sort of see your central nervous system and see how well recovered you are. Um, are you familiar with that stuff at all? Yeah, actually, I was just listening to a podcast this morning about it, um, and I don't take my heart rate, but what I do do is I when I wake up instead of hitting the ground running like I used to I will lay there and kind of feel how I'm feeling and how am yeah. I feeling and there are some days where um I am not feeling great and I know that the answer to that is not let me get up and kick my ass <laughs> it's more like let me take it a little bit slower because that's obviously what I need today so yeah share a little bit more about that yeah no I think I mean I think you're spot on I think I think there's a huge movement and, and I think it's overall good thing as far as exercise goes, people doing CrossFit and people doing these really high intensity sort of, you know, exercises. And I, I, I think it, it, overall it's good. I do think though, you know, for someone who is, you know, sitting in traffic, has a stressful job, maybe has some, you know, uh, some kind of, you know, relationship that might create a little bit of stress, maybe has, has kids that create a little bit of stress, um, has a, sort of difficult to work with boss, those are all stressors. And you have to remember that exercise is is a stress as well. I think in small doses, it's it's a great stress and it makes us stronger and faster and have more endurance. But I think for people who have already sort of built in stresses in their life, I think they have to be really careful with some of these higher intensity exercises. And so what HRV does is it allows you to sort of measure your, your sort of uh, – you know, what's going, kind of going on under your hood. So it, it basically takes your heart rate and it takes the variability in each beat. So it's sort of a complicated algorithm, but without going into too much of the science, it basically allows access so you can measure um, how well recovered you are. And it, I think it was originally designed by some, some elite uh, strength coaches and dealing with fighters because a lot of these guys, you know, the mentality is train, train, train hard, and they would sort of neglect the recovery aspect. And, um, so now I basically take it every morning and it gives me sort of a gauge on, on sort of what I should do as far as my training. Some days, um, especially if you're lifting weights, you don't necessarily, even if you're not sore, you could have sort of, it could be taxing on your, uh, on your central nervous system. And I think that HRV allows you to sort of measure that. And, And just like you were saying, you woke up and you feel like you're a little off. Um, I think on that type of day, yeah, you do some yoga, you do some breathing, you do some, you know, go for a walk. I mean, there's some, I think going for walks are really underappreciated. Um, it doesn't have to be this, you know, (laughs) pull me off the floor, I'm sweating, uh, (laughs) type of workout. I mean, I love getting after it and, and going hard, uh, but, but certainly I think recovery is, is a huge vital piece that, uh, it's missing from a lot of people's 
um, exercise programs. And that, you know, gets into sleep as well. But, but just the HRV is a cool tool. Um, that you can use. Yeah. How do you, um, how do you measure that? Um, like the HRV. So if the listener is like, Oh, I want to start doing this. What would, what yeah. do they need to do? Basically, um, the way I do it is I have a heart rate monitor. So it's one of these polar, you know, super basic chest straps that, um, you know, you see people running with, or I'm sure people are familiar with. Yeah. Um, and that links to a, to an app on my, on my tablet or on my computer, on my phone. Um, there's a little receiver that you kind of plug into the uh, into the headphone jack and you basically take your reading it's about a two and a half minute reading so you sit down you get comfortable you sort of just get into your breathing cycle and then um, it, it takes about a two and a half minute reading and that and again it measures that sort of variability between each beat of your heart rate and that is thrown into a um, some sort of calculation and it gives you sort of a score on, on one to a hundred on your, um, how well rested you are. So I, you know, there's, there's certain different, there's different applications. I think people, uh, I, the one I use is called, uh, BioForce. Okay. Um, I think there's another one called, uh, Heart Sweetheart or Heart Sweet. Um, a lot of people use it for food sensitivities actually. Um, Ooh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, if you you know basically with food sensitivities, if you have some sort of low level allergen or sort of intolerance to a food, your your heart rate will your actual heart rate will go up, but also you'll have this sort of erratic sort of variability, and and the uh, the heart rate variability will be able to sort of test that. So it's sort of like a a, a cheap way to to kind of get uncover some food intolerances. That's, um, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, you have to be quite disciplined because you have to sort of, it's hard to eliminate, you know, you have to eat like certain foods and um, eliminate others. But uh, you can certainly take sort of like the the most common intolerances like dairy and, and uh, you know, eggs and seafood or, or, or some, nuts or something and, and see yeah. how you react. Um, but yeah. it's, it's not a huge cost. Um, I think I'd spent, you know, under $100 or less on, on, on everything. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really great because I, I and I love how you pointed out that you you know you can't just go hard all the time. Um, so for people that have been listening, um, they have maybe heard me or following me on social media. I'm having adrenal problems, adrenal fatigue. Yeah. I'm in phase one of adrenal fatigue, and um, you know I this is not the first time I've been here several times before. I've probably been in phase two or three. But I didn't recognize it for what it was. I just thought I was depressed um, when really it was just it was just burned out. And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting because we see, you know, kind of going back to what we see in magazines where it's super sexy to sell workouts. It's super sexy to, you know, say, like, go hard, all these things. Um, but, you know, it's not quite as cool to say, like, chill out. But that recovery, I mean... It, especially once you get to athletes, um, rec- it, the name of the game is recovery, right? The better yeah. you can recover, the better you can perform. And I kind of want to share that with you. Know, so a lot of, a lot of athletes, well, not all, but a lot of athletes do know that. And I want to share that with my lifestyle clients, which, you know, that's, you have a lot of lifestyle clients too, where, um, you know, like you read all this stuff about going hard and you kind of get down on yourself sometimes for taking it easy, but Hey, sometimes slower is faster, right? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think you're spot on, and and I think, um, I think even some of the the men can can struggle with this more because I think, at least for me, you know, I was conditioned sort of as an athlete to, you know, suck it up. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep it PG thirteen here, yeah. but like, <laughs> you know, suck it up, you wimp, like yeah. no pain, no gain, sort of mentality, and. Um, yeah, I, th- I think just the more we learn about how our bodies work and the more research that comes out, it's, it's, it's really vital to make sure that you're properly rested. Um, and, you know, again, it's no substitute for, for hard work and intense training, but I think it's looking at it, like you said, from a lifestyle perspective and saying, okay, if I have other um, things in my life that, that might be stressful, it, it might not be the best idea to, you know, train six times a week and, and go at it every single day. 
Yeah. And I love that you brought up those lifestyle factors that a lot of people don't think of as being stressful, like the yeah. the traffic or, or family. And, you know, positive things can be stressful, too. Like, you know, if you look at there's a scale out there that talks about um, it has it has events, life events on it. And then it says, like, you get this many points for having this life event. And so you have things like a, like the death of a loved one um, is really high or a divorce is really high. But also getting married is really high. Um, mm. So you have all of those little things in there, too, that people don't really think of sometimes. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. So we're going to take one more really quick break and then we're going to come back and figure out how people can find more information about you. Um, it's so much fun to follow you guys on social media. So we'll be right back. Well, I'm caught one more time Up on Cypress Avenue Caught one more time up on Cypress Avenue And I'm conquered in a car seat Nothing that I can do I may go crazy on the hill I'm a crazy before that mansion on the hill but my heart just beat faster Yeah, my feet checking still And I the little girl drop something Long way back home from school And I the little girl drop something Long Welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. Tonight we have had Nick Holt, and Nick does all this really cool stuff with fitness. Um, and I love that you have a background that was not necessarily fitness. I mean, obviously people that knew they wanted to do fitness from the beginning, that's really cool. Um, but, you know, me coming from a different background and finding my way to fitness, um, I think it's really cool when I find other people who have done the same thing. So um, let's have you share a little bit more about what is next for Nick Holt Fitness, where we can find you. Um, you guys have a lot of really cool uh, free stuff that you offer too. So share a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks. Um, so yeah, Nick Holt Fitness um, is the best way to find me online. Also Saltwater Fit, just uh, the word saltwater and then F-I-T. Um, that's our sort of online, uh, my girlfriend Julie and I, that's sort of our online sort of platform where we, you know, share a bunch of lifestyle, uh, you know, tips on sort of using the beach and using surfing, even if you aren't living on the beach or even if you aren't a surfer, how you can kind of apply those things to your life. And we just sort of coach, we have an online training platform and we coach 
uh, people around the world. So we have, you know, based on nutrition, exercise, and some mindset sort of pillars that we use. And um, it's, it's pretty cool. We can sort of uh, work with people all over the world using our online software. Um, so it's kind of cool having that technology these days where people, you know, I can send exercise uh, programs via, you know, a, a, an app on a smartphone and people can work out on their own pace. And it's, it's a much more affordable uh, option, I think, because personal training, as we all know, can get quite expensive. Um, so we're, we're working on building out that Saltwater Fit brand, which is really exciting, just doing a lot of writing, content creation, and we have a bunch of free, free giveaways, free books on there, and um, so that's pretty exciting. And then we're also, big exciting news is we're actually relocating to, to San Diego, uh, California, in a few months. So, you know, it's, it's been a great ride in Costa Rica, and I think Costa Rica will still be part of who we are, and we're gonna, we have a few exciting projects uh, bringing people back down to Costa Rica on, on sort of these surf, sort of fitness retreats. Um, so that's pretty exciting, working on a bunch of cool projects like that. That's um, super exciting. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, Julie and I are going to spend some time. We're going to, we're going to talk here on an interview too. And we're going to spend some time, um, talking about, um, yeah, the challenges of living in Costa Rica. You're right. It's really fun, but there are a lot of challenges and I'm really excited for you guys and for this next, um, step in your business too. I just, it's, it's going to, it's going to blow up. I know it's, it's, it's well on its way. And, um, you guys just have such a great message and your training style. And I said this on my social media not too long ago that, you know, people need to be really careful with who they choose to have coach them. Because if you don't have a good relationship with, with life and with your body and, and food, um, you know, the way that if the coach doesn't, then they're going to impress that upon the clients. And so, you know, as a client, you go to a coach to, to find out, you know, how to make your, your whole life a lot better. And I think it's really cool that you guys, you get it, you get all of it. And that's what you share with your clients too. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I I think, yeah, just to further sort of elucidate that point, I, I, I do think, you know, the more time we do spend online, and I'm sure you're familiar with this as well, is that, you know, in the online world, it, it, it is, you know, quite easy to sort of set up a sort of a, a facade and an identity. And um, unfortunately, in this day of age, you know, day and age, like you, people are, are, are making, you know, a living, not really sort of practicing what they're preaching. So, Oh, I think absolutely. it's, you know, <laughs> I think just what, you know, you do have to be careful on, on sort of the advice that you take and, and, um, especially if you're doing any kind of online stuff, just, you know, make sure that, that you're working with the right people and, and, and do a little bit of homework. Um, I think goes a long way for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right on that. <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very easy to, to set that up and, um, yeah, you want to make sure that yeah. that somebody is is giving you what you're paying for. Good, valuable yep. advice. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking your time. This has been great. Um, we're gonna, like I said, put all this information in the show notes. So if you're driving, you can just look Nick Holt Fitness up whenever you get home. Um, or I don't know, I listen to the podcast while I'm walking my dog and um, just just walking in general. So. Um, thanks again, Nick. I really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. It. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Have All a good right. time. Thank you, and we'll talk to you All again right. next week, listeners. And thanks for listening to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio show. You've heard me talk a lot about learning how to reach your fitness goals and more frequently how to look as fit as you feel while learning to stop chasing skinny. And you've also thought to yourselves, yeah, I do want to reach my fitness goals in a shorter, more concise way to stop wasting my time bouncing back and forth from fitness tip to fitness tip in magazines, wasting hours researching the latest and greatest diet only to end up looking and feeling the same way you've been looking and feeling for years. And my guess is that you've been thinking about this for a long time. Am I right? I know the feeling because I played these games too. For a very long time, in fact. 
I'm here to tell you this. Stop thinking and sign up for the SK Fit Life Challenge, an online training, nutrition, and coaching program that will lead you through 12 weeks of step-by-step guidance to help you finally reach your goals of looking fabulous and feeling fabulous. You're going to get to free up all the headspace you've been wasting, picking through random diet information, being fed to you through the media, and simplifying the seemingly complicated world of health. Your chances now. Do you really need more time, more information, more plans for the future? Or do you want to become that fit person today? Because the truth is this. You can be that fit person. Or you can be the person that sits around thinking about becoming fitter. It's your choice. Read more magazines, blog posts, and bits and pieces on social media. Or take action. Because let's face it. If you're not where you want to be, your current program is not working out for you. I want you to be successful. And why is this? Because you've already got what it takes. You've been doing the work all along. It's just been the wrong work. You have the desire, the discipline, and the potential. Now let's get you on the right track so those efforts you are already putting in can take you in the best direction possible. Join me and the hundreds of other SK Fit Life clients for the 12-week online fitness challenge at skfitlife.com. All right, now let's get back to the show.